Perfect. So we'll just start with the, an intro quick. Sounds and good. We will kind of jump into it. Hey everyone, welcome to the Deep Dive Podcast presented by River Youth. I'm your host, Dilly Dilly. And today I'm joined with Tammy Lindell, who has years of experience in training people on how to have healthy relationships, mm-hmm. how to lead better, how to live a, just the life to the full. So, uh, Tammy, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself for the students that are watching? Yeah, so I did young adult and youth ministry uh, for about 13 years at River Youth, and now I just train nationally. I do some relationship skills and do more of the train-the-trainer model, teaching others how to go out and help others have healthy relationships. My background is in pastoral counseling, and so um, I've had lots of experience with people in extremely high risk situations and helping them walk through the relationships and come to healing and knowing the Lord. So sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Um, So for those who are listening or watching, uh, we're going to be talking about relationships today. Uh, Last, last episode we had Kirby on talked about friendships. So this is kind of a nice natural progression, but we actually had some uh, youth students send in Mm -hmm. questions anonymously to our Instagram to ask different questions they have. So for our episode today, we're going to try to get through as many of those as we can and hopefully uh, be able to have a good conversation as we go. So let's start with uh, kind of a big one right away. Okay. You ready for this? Yes, we are. Okay. So the, the question is, and, and we don't have to be too personal with this, Okay. Um, but what is what is your biggest regret in that you have in dating or in relationships? Biggest regret? No, I'm a little old now, but isn't it true? Like some of the decisions we make when we're young just kind of carry with us. Sure. Yeah. You're still learning that. I'm still learning that. No. (laughs) Uh, One of my biggest regrets, honestly, is not having standards for those who I dated. Hmm. So I always kind of chuckle because like many times some of those clothing stores you'll see in the mall will say something like you you hired essentially like you're good looking you're in the trend you're hired and that's kind of how we went about it um we found you appealing and so let's just date you know Mm -hmm. so not even having standards or getting to know them it was just kind of like an automatic your mind like we have a title so i would say having standards knowing that before going in and also understanding like the difference of love versus infatuation knowing that there is a major difference yeah what would what would you for maybe a student who's who's listening like what did you just say infatuation what's the difference between love and infatuation I would say the simplest form to break down love versus infatuation is love is other focused mm-hmm. and infatuation is very self focused right so when you're th- talking about love it's giving of yourself to others in ways that are god honoring you know yeah but when you're talking about infatuation, it's more like, what can you do for me? You mm-hmm. know, I feel empty. So how are you going to fill my void? Yeah, very self-serving. Right. Right. Yep. Um, I think for me personally, one of my reg- regrets in dating or just in relationships or looking for relationships in general was the, I think at times, lack of of contentment mm-hmm. because as a single person, like singleness is actually a very fun season of your life it is. if you lean into it. Right. Um, and I think f- for me, I was always looking at, okay, when am I going to be in a relationship? Where am I going to find my future spouse? 
And, um, and then you get into dating, like, okay, when can we get engaged? And then it's like, okay, how fast can we get married? You know? So I think just learning to enjoy the season of life you're Mm -hmm. in while you're in that season and not wishing it away because, you know, dating is really a short period of your life, you know, engagement, even though it feels like forever at times is a short period of your life, but just enjoying that and, um, you know, just growing in those seasons together. So, you know, what's interesting is when you're talking about having contentment through each of the stages for each one of the stages that you mentioned comes greater responsibility, right? Yeah. And our young people want to always put a title on their relationship versus just enjoying getting to know that person and having your freedom and learning who you are. Mm-hmm. in a relationship even if it's just friendship like it's like that's a taboo or something you can't just be present yeah there's always got to be a title yeah and I think too like you don't understand how much um pressure there is mm-hmm. when you get into marriage when you're just a single person because like all the things like I always joke around with with the Heartland students that marriage didn't erase my faults right it accentuated them because now Everything that I do wrong, my wife's like, hey, shut the cupboards, you know, hey, turn off the (laughs) faucet, you know. So, like, there's a lot of things that you have to work through individually Mm -hmm. before you get to that spot. And I think uh, so often we want to short circuit that process. But Absolutely. It's more about what are you going to do for me versus what can I do for others? Right. Back to that love versus infatuation. Here's a question and uh want to hear your thoughts on, I have some thoughts on too, but is it bad to date someone who isn't a Christian yet? Well, that don't they call that missionary dating? Yeah. Right. <laughs> missionary dating. <laughs> we think that, uh, we can just, you know, go out with somebody, start dating them. And all of a sudden we can turn them to our ways. You know, we invited them to youth. I mean, they're here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it does kind of the opposite more than it does yeah. The other side, because yeah. I've seen a lot of kids come to youth. They brought that significant other, and then now that kid becomes the Christian, and now this one's off doing things that they shouldn't be doing, right. you know? Yep. But I think the smartest way to date is to know who they are beforehand and really understand your motive of why are you even dating, Christian yeah. or not? What is your motive of right. dating? And then if you think you're really ready to date and enter that, you got to know your standards and what's important to you. Long term, because like I said in the start of this, the relationships I had in high school, I mean, they shaped who I am today and why I do what I do today. Um, So I think you really have to think about that. But I would not advise missionary dating. I don't think it works out. You know, I think in the Old Testament, God told the people of Mm -hmm. Israel not to marry other cultures or other people with different belief systems because he knew it would draw their heart away from him. and. And I think, you know, in the New Testament, Paul, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, I think it's 6.14, like, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And just that idea of, like, uh, two oxen in a yoke, if, if one of them is stronger than the other, they start to pull. Right. And I think our default as humans is our sinful nature, not our spiritual nature. And so there's always going to be that easy pull mm-hmm. to the things of the world rather than the things of God. And so I think it's so important as a student who's considering who should I date, who should I future marry, you know, uh, looking at the, their character rather than just the 
charisma they have or the mm-hmm. the Hollister effect where you look at, man, they look like a model. That's great. You yeah. Know? Cause eventually those things fade and it's the heart, it's the character, it's the um it's the hard moments of life where you're gonna have to go through those seasons with this person. You really want someone who who loves and trusts God. So I think yeah. that's so important. Yeah, and having that servant heart. And a lot of times when we're teenagers, especially like our focus is how are we going to get from one week to the next or day to day? We're yeah. not thinking about serving somebody else for the rest of our life. You yeah, know? absolutely. Here's one, a funny one. Um, pick up <laughs> lines that always work. And I think I'm just going to answer this one right away. Instead of trying to, to pick someone up, you should probably <laughs> pick up your Bible and and learn what God's word says and learn how to be a good um person of character, a person who can serve mm-hmm. others, work on becoming the right person before you try to meet the right person. Because if you're, if you're the wrong person, even if it's the, right. the other person's, you know, awesome, you're going to be undesirable. So, um, I wouldn't try them. They don't work super well. Pick up your Bible instead. <laughs> here's a, here's a good one though. Okay. Cause we talked about in our series that only 2% of relationships that take place in high school or junior high end up staying together. Right. So 98% of those don't work out. And that's just a stat. We're not trying to discourage people, but the question is why is it likely that you won't make it out of high school together if you're dating, even if you're in the same spot in your faith? So any thoughts on that? Yeah. A lot of it is, you know, when you're before your age 25, your prefrontal cortex is not even developed. So right. your ability to really see what life is going to look like long-term is hard. Like you can, you can even date in high school, have the best of intentions, be two Christians following God, doing, you know, relationship right where you're with people, having accountability, building that trust, building that relationship. But once you get out of high school, you don't have those pressures of all the things in school and in youth group. And all of a sudden you're, you're just entering the stage of learning who you are because while you're in, you know, high school, mom and dad are telling you where to go, what to do, what to be You're you're under their morals, their guidelines. And then when you're a young adult, you're going to start to really try to figure out, is this who I am? Is this what Mm -hmm. I believe? And then in that process, your prefrontal cortex starts to go. So it can change everything about you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, looking at my life, the person I was when I was 18 versus Mm -hmm. the person I was when I was 21 even, or 22 or whatever. It's like I was, especially those first couple of years out of high school, I've learned a lot about who God was created me to be. Like you you just changed so much. And it's not to say that it couldn't work out, but um, I just think that as, as you get older, you're going to understand a lot more about yourself. You're starting to make some of those very defining decisions that are going to really affect the next, you know, 50 years of your life. Mm -hmm. So I think there's just a lot of unknown when you're in high school. And so it's not to say that they couldn't ever work out, but it's just one of those things where I think as you get older, you realize how much in life changes. Um, And and a lot of it is for good, um, but it just, yeah, I think there's a lot of change that happens between the time you're in high school and the time you graduate college. Tons, tons of change as you enter adulthood and who you are in Christ is gonna just show like through everything that you experience 
And as your brain can put it together, you're going to be able to project that out there, yeah. you know, and understand where you want to go. I mean, I, when I was in high school, I didn't even know what I was good at. Right. Like, I didn't even know what skills I had. Um, there was a lot of identity yet to be discovered as I sought God. So I think, yeah, it's just hard to say like, oh, we're on the same page now. Because if you think about it, if, if you had two ships in the sea and they're going the same direction mm -hmm. now, even if one is one degree off from the other, over the course of years, they're going to they're gonna really part. So I think it's easy to feel like I'm running the same race as someone now, but that can change over time. Yeah, absolutely. And in that scenario of those two ships, like you have to do the work and be on track and pay attention to where those ships are going and if they're in alignment or not. Like it's not just things that just happen. Like you don't just fall in love. When right. you say you fall, you fall in love, you couldn't help it. That's actually not true, especially according to the Bible. That God tells us to love others. It's a directive, mm -hmm. you know, so that's a choice that we make. We choose who we love. We choose who we hate. Yep. And so love is a choice. So you have to be conscious about loving somebody. You're always going to have those selfish feelings. Yeah. And a lot of times when we're sitting in, you know, school or in our youth group, we we have we let that define who we are as if that's going to be our forever and it's really truly not like nobody cares who you sat next to in youth group when you're going to get groceries once you graduate yeah. you know or in high school so you're you're kind of defining your life according to what you're seeing right before you but in the long term there's so much more life that you're going to live that's actually like you said you're going to learn what you're more passionate about what you're living for what your purpose is and what God has called you to do and you know, sometimes we think in a moment, like, maybe this is my calling. Well, if it is, are you going to listen to God or are you going to, like, just go date somebody, mm -hmm. you know, because you're lonely and you're trying to fill your heart? Yeah. And I think, too, like, again, high school relationships, I think, are very popular. But, mm -hmm. um, and I don't remember, maybe I was talking to you the other day, even in the office, but just the idea that whoever you date, you're, you're either going to marry them or you're going to break up with them. Mm -hmm. And like that changes the way you look at every relationship yeah. you're going to be in. Because if you know, okay, this is either a forever thing or it's not like, I think it changes the way, like, why am I doing this? Is this really something I want to be doing? I guess. So, you know, even at that Dylan, think about those girls that maybe you liked, those girls are going to be somebody else's future spouse. When you look at that, like, if you hurt them or don't respect their boundaries, they're taking that into their future. Yeah. And so I always would challenge the kids, like, how would it be for you if somebody was actually considering your future spouse and not doing things that would hinder your future marriage? Yeah. That's, that's like, again, going back to thinking forward about this is the rest of my life and what kind of burden do you want to have somebody carry? Right. Yep. And, and yeah, just, that goes back to the idea of loving someone selflessly, loving them right. the way Christ would, would love them and mm -hmm. not just trying to fulfill a desire that you feel in the moment. So right. um, you, you brought up boundaries, and I think that's one of our questions too, but um, what boundaries would you say for the students listening? Like, what are boundaries that should be set? And what are some practical tips that they can use, whether they're dating or about to date or thinking about dating, how can they set some of those boundaries? Well, a lot of times when we think about the physical aspect, you know, there's boundaries that go, you know, way beyond anything even that's 
like physical touch or sex and things like that. Like you should be respecting them with, you know, holding hands and putting your arm around them and having all that like touch stuff should be given permission. Right. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us don't think about that. There's emotional intimacy, right? There's intellectual intimacy. Mm -hmm. There's spiritual intimacy. There's like many types of intimacy that you can have And what happens is a lot of us get together with somebody and we just jump into the physical bucket. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more to be learning. And we think just entering into the physical realm will automatically make us close. But that's not true, actually. Right. Yeah. Can you can you expound a little bit more on that? Because I think that's a really good like I think a lot a lot of times we assume if I'm you know, if we're holding hands or we're kissing, like that really shows how much I care for them. Right. But there's so much more dimensions to having a healthy relationship yep. beyond that. So um, maybe just expand a little more on that because I think that's a great idea. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of times we don't even think about that there's a progression because what we're seeing in the world is people are just going from high to, you know, like high physical intimacy. Like there's a progression that should be happening and there's permissions along the way. But before you even get into that place, which God has reserved for marriage, right? Because that's the safest place. And at that point you should know if you're loving each other. But if you focus more on your intellectual intimacy, growing your brain, your mind and understanding who God is in your life and then getting to emotional where you can see, are you stable? Are you okay? Like, can we even have a conversation? Do we like the same interests? Do we understand one another? And, but also having some emotional boundaries as well, because there's certain conversations and places you shouldn't be going. Like it's not actually healthy to sit down with somebody and start pouring out your whole life story and all the bad things that happened to you. Like, that's not healthy. That's actually crossing an emotional boundary. That takes a lot of trust. Right. So when you share that information, you're, you're like really potentially putting yourself in a hard position where you can be hurt, right? Yeah. And then you have social boundaries, like having, like, who are you okay to be around? Who are you not? My family, you know, does my family accept you? Are you, are you respectful towards them? Or are you encouraging me to go against my family? Right. You know, so you have a whole social world. Are you taking me from the events that I'm signed up for at school or the extracurricular activities or my sports or whatever, or even youth? Am I skipping youth now? So you have to start thinking about that stuff. And then you can keep going, even money. How are they with money? Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. The number one thing marriages fight over is money. Right. So know how they handle money before you ever get there. So I think dating can be super fun if you do it in the proper context. Yep. Yeah. And like on that with boundaries and, and, um, you know, I, I always thought when, when I started dating Mackenzie, my wife, um, I, I thought this should add to my friend circle, not take away from it. Cause right. I see a lot of couples, they all of a sudden become exclusive and it's like they're in their own little social bubble. And it's like, they isolated themselves mm-hmm. socially, which is actually the opposite of what you should be doing, which is, you know, when I started dating Mackenzie, I was like, great, I have more friends. When she's, right. when we started dating, she has more friends because hopefully um, we're similar and we're able to connect with the same types of people. Um, and I think, you know, just 
making sure that you have some bound because boundaries exist to protect yeah. us. Right. And they create a environment that's safe for us to explore without um, getting hurt or without putting ourselves in harm's way. And so I think there's so many more dimensions just than physical ones. I think obviously the physical ones are very important because, yeah. you know, whether you open yourself up to emotionally or whether you open yourself up to physically, like you, you have opened yourself up to be, to be hurt or to have baggage in your future right. relationships, you know? So, um, any though practical things you're like, Hey, you should really think about this as in terms of boundaries. Well, here's what I always say. Boundaries without a consequence is just a suggestion. Mm, that's good. So if you are setting boundaries and they do not respect them, you're teaching them how to treat you. You're teaching them that they can keep hurting you and that they can keep crossing these boundaries and that they're really not boundaries in your life. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest things for us to do is to let go of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're crossing those boundaries yeah. because we want to be loved so badly. Yeah, right. But the reality of it is, is, you know, there's only one water that'll really quench our thirst. And so we really truly have to learn how to understand God's love for us because that truly is the only one that's going to quench our thirst. Right. And as a teenager, that's hard to even sometimes process because it's not tangible. Yeah. So the more you dive in and understand what God's calling of you mm-hmm. and what he puts, what are the boundaries he has placed on you? And do you trust those? Yeah. Do you trust them enough to actually live them? Because they're not suggestions. They actually come with consequences. Right. And he loves us enough to let us have consequences. But those consequences, you can learn from them or you can just keep compiling them. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That kind of leads me to uh, one of the questions we got is how how do you say no to someone, obviously probably a boyfriend, girlfriend, if they're pressuring you to go further than you would like to go? That's a huge red flag because that indicates to me that that's, they're more there for what they can get from you, especially physically. Yeah. And if somebody truly cares about you, they would never, ever, I don't care if it's a best friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, they would never ask you to do things that would hurt you in the future. Right. And there are so many consequences from that type of intimacy. And yes, you can heal from them, but God does allow us those consequences. So you are going to have to walk through that and learn how to get back to what I just said about how God loves you and getting in those boundaries. Yep. But like, if somebody is asking you to do things more than you're comfortable with, I know it's hard, but that's one of those boundaries that don't make it just a suggestion. There's got to be a consequence to that. And it would really make me question, do you really love me or do you just love what I can do for you? Right. Yep. And anytime somebody says, if you love me, you would. Yeah. Total lie. <laughs> Absolute lie. Yeah. Because if they loved you, again... We're, we're marriage relationship should model the relationship that we have with God. Right. And what did God do? He He came to the earth to die for us. Right. To be uh, the mo- to give us the most selfless gift possible. So if someone says they love you, true love is is willing to wait. True love is willing to put you first. Right. And I think if they're trying to do that. It's obvious that they are infatuated with you. They they lust over you, but they they don't really care about you. And I think Absolutely. that's a good time to 
to reevaluate that relationship. Yeah. And, and that's uh, another reason why you should keep your friends because, yeah. you know, if only 2% is making it into marriage, like, oh my goodness, if you isolate yourself now when you're done with that person, yeah, who do you have around? Yeah. You have no, no significant other and you have no friends. No. And that's actually, I was going to say earlier, that is a huge red flag. If you are losing your friendships because you're of your dating relationship, that is a huge red flag. And if your family and friends are saying things that they're not, you know, in agreement of this relationship, a lot of times we just ignore what they're saying and keep going down that track. Mm -hmm. But that is one of the biggest red flags there are. And I would strongly suggest learning what God says about love in first Corinthians, Mm -hmm. go to chapter 13, learn what he says and understand what true agape love is because that's what your friends and family are probably trying to do for you. Yep. Yep. For sure. I think, um, a lot of times we, we give our parents a hard time because they're the, you know, the, they crack the whip on us, but (laughs) you know, being a parent now, it's like, there's not a a single thing in this world I would not do to help my daughter sail out. And I think as a, as a child, you have to just remember they're not just trying to bust your chops and make your life mm-hmm. hard. They really do care about you, even if they don't know how to show it at times. Right. Um, and so it's good to have a mentor. It's good to have family and friends just to be a sounding board to say, hey, I think that maybe this person is not who they say they are they're, or they're, they need to develop their character or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, let's, unless you have one final thought on this, but... Um, I just want to close with one more question since we're trying to run out of time here. Um, And we'll make this one kind of, um, uh, this is kind of a fun one. We talked about this earlier, but should dating couples do devotions together? (laughs) Yeah, we kind of had to hash that one out a little bit. You know, if if you're talking college age and you're looking for a lifelong partner, Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, do devotions together. But if you're in high school... I personally believe it would be more appropriate to do like Bible studies together, like get into youth group Bible studies and yeah. be around others. Yeah. Um, and like if you want to talk about a certain book of the Bible or something like that, but devotions to me takes it to such a personal level Yeah. that um, unless you're actually willing and ready to get married, that's going to create one of those spiritual ties. Yeah. And yep. that would be my concern. Yeah. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, we're not physical beings with spirits. We're spiritual beings with bodies. Right. And so I think opening that door to create that soul tie with someone, um, even praying together, that's like super great. If you're married, you know, you're engaged, like mm-hmm. um, spending that quality time and devotions together is really important. So right. like building that habit's great. But I think if you're in high school or early on in your relationship, you're better off, I think, to do your own devotional time, learn what God is speaking to you, mm-hmm. and and do group things together, the Bible studies, or, or do a reading plan together. That's great, because you right. don't have to do that face-to-face, um, but not putting yourself in a spot where you're going to open a spiritual door into that person's heart and then leave yourself vulnerable or them vulnerable for future hurt. So I think we kind of eventually agreed on that one yeah definitely i and i think because when i think of devotional i think of that those are such personal life questions or um devotions to how you live your life as a christ as a christian Mm -hmm. and with jesus which is great 
That's great. Those are all really great things. Yep. But until you're ready to really see the character of somebody for a lifelong partnership, mm-hmm. I think in that I had told you like the two most important decisions you're going to make is what you're going to do with Jesus and who you marry. Yeah. And the first one is the most important one that's going to guide the second one. Right. So you have to learn, am I living for Christ? Because if you are, then that devotion should be between you and Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and learning who you are and building your character before you can start to get to know somebody else's character for a lifelong partnership. Right. And that, that whole word devotion really, uh, we'll just kind of close with this, yeah. is I'm devoted to God. Right. And it starts with that. Every good relationship we have with people needs to start with a healthy relationship with God. So yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. thanks, Tammy, so much for being on, and we hope you guys enjoy this yeah. episode. Um, if you guys have ideas for future episodes, let us know. We'd love to cover those topics. But until then, we'll see you guys next month.